hold hands and close your eyes. It's half past midnight, and you're listening to the Ghost Story Guys. Welcome to the Ghost Story Guys. I'm Brendan Storer. I'm Ian Gibbs. And this is a show where we talk about spooks, specters, and all the other things watching us from the shadows beyond the campfire. Some conversations only make sense after the sun is set, and this is most definitely one. Thanks for tuning in. It's Tuesday, July 25th. This is episode 13, and we're coming to you from that tiny mountain cabin you dream about but can never quite reach. How you doing, Ian? I'm doing pretty darn well, Brennan. How are you? I'm good, thanks. My mother-in-law's gone back to England, and uh, we're getting used to having the house to ourselves again. Oh my God, that must be so nice. How well, long was she here? A month. That's a very long time. That is a long time. Yeah. It was a good month. that We get along well. She's a cool lady, but... But a month with even someone you adore in your space is a really long time. Yeah, no. No argument here. We're not going to be taking on roommates anytime <laughs> soon. What have you been up to? Uh, usual stuff. Work. Uh, ghostly walks, which you know about because you brought said mother-in-law on one. We did. Yeah. Actually, it was someone I met on that walk, which inspired this episode. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll get to that later, though. Uh, you were saying? Uh, right. Work, ghostly walks, and on the weekends, we've been doing a lot of camping. Gross. What? What's wrong with camping? Everything. Everything is wrong with camping. <sighs> Being in the woods at night, sleeping on the ground, freezing your ass off, sunburn, hangovers. You know camping doesn't have to involve alcohol, right? Sure, but otherwise, then you're just sitting in the woods eating half-cooked <laughs> food and not getting laid. <laughs> or at least that was my experience. The appeal of camping when I lived in Revelstoke, the few times we did it, was more about getting Haber next to a lake than it was anything else. Oh, alcohol and open water. That's a fantastic combination. Did you text and drive on the way out to the lake too? I don't have a cell phone, so no. Uh, yeah, great. I'm kidding. Texting and driving is for assholes, kids. Don't do it. That's a official ghost story, guys. Public safety advisory. Oh, God, I hope kids don't listen to this show. Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> Anyways, tell me more about you. And uh, these scenes from the road that you enjoy recreating <laughs> on the weekends. It's not like that. Uh, no, you know what? We we don't sleep on the ground. We're not animals. <laughs> we have a MyPod. We sleep in that. And, and since there's a fire ban, we use a stove like a normal person. What the hell's a MyPod? It sounds like a teenage girl's first MP3 player. <laughs> it is a compact trailer. It's just in the aluminum frame. And it's covered in fiberglass, so it's super light. And it's got like a sound system and a TV and air conditioning. Air conditioning. <laughs> yeah. You camp with air conditioning. <laughs> what do I look like? A savage? <laughs> I shouldn't answer that. <laughs> so it has a stove, mm -hmm. air conditioning, yep. television. Yep. You, you realize what you're describing is the mobile version of a Tokyo hotel room. Right? <laughs> you are camping in a small house. <laughs> it's a my pod. It's moneyed vacancy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're just jealous. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> so you enjoy this, these placid weekends in your space lozenge? <laughs> I do. Thank you very much. Went to Parksville last weekend. It was awesome. I found it very relaxing. Well, hooray for you. <laughs> well, you weren't there, so that helped. Well, yeah, I don't want to be there. <laughs> Believe me. We had that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I've myself have found a new way to unwind. Please do tell. Tequila and grapefruit juice. Oh, God. Why does it always involve alcohol? Well, because people frown on smoking weed in the house. <laughs> mostly. <laughs> Anyways, let's get back to what we're hopefully <laughs> going to talk about. Uh, yeah, no, we're today we're going to be talking about haunted islands, or at least islands people thought were haunted. <laughs> this all kind of fell apart on us, didn't it? <laughs> Did it ever? <laughs> oh man, it, it turns out if you look too closely at most popular haunted islands, there's not much there. 
Yeah. Uh, the stories are essentially some random creepy facts held together by a thick layer of bullshit. <laughs> Luckily, we found some legitimate hauntings too, so not all is lost. When we come back, we'll be talking about the infamous Italian island of Povelia, so stick around. Welcome back to the ghost story, guys. As we said before the break, today we're going to be talking about haunted and not-so-haunted islands, mostly not-so-haunted. <laughs> uh, the first is actually a nameless island between Sardinia and Corsica. Is it actually nameless, or did you just not take the time to figure out the name? The latter. Uh-huh. Aren't you supposed to be the research guy? Yes, I am the researcher. And in the course of researching this damned episode, I managed to debunk <laughs> three quarters of our intended f***ing subjects. Oh, no, that's not good. No. By the time I finished, I was weeping softly under the desk and there was no time to identify what's essentially a postage stamp in the Mediterranean. <laughs> okay, fine. Anyways, this story was the one told to me after the ghost walk last week. Oh, really? Tell me about that. Yeah, yeah. You remember there was a Swiss lady on the tour? Uh, she was short gray hair, maybe in her mid-60s. Yeah, I remember her. Uh, so she told me she was a freshwater marine biologist. And she'd always been skeptical of the supernatural. Right. So as we were walking back to the visitor center, because she was going on another walk. Right, yeah. She asked me why I had any kind of belief. And so I'd explained to her the handful of things that had happened to me. Right. And part of the way there, she said to me, you know, this is reminding me of something. And she said that she was much younger. She was um, exploring a small island in the Mediterranean between Corsica and Sardinia. Okay. Uh, she did, again, she didn't say which. And there are a million stupid yeah, little islands tons. there. But she said the island itself was about a mile square. And the only structure was a, a watchtower, like uh, maybe a lighthouse or something. Or maybe one of those lookouts from the ward. Yeah, could have been that too. Yeah. Whatever the case, she was on the island for whatever reason. And she was, the only two people there were her and a maintenance guy. Right. And uh, Sounds like a love connection. <laughs> yeah, I saw a movie that started <laughs> like this one. Uh, but the guy, the other, the maintenance guy, he lived on the island and took care of the tower. Right. And at one point he told her the island was haunted, particularly the top of the tower. Yeah. And that whatever it was, didn't like him being up there after say 9 p.m. And uh, he would go up there if he had to, but he w wasn't a pleasant experience and yeah. he wouldn't stay. Right. So she, of course, is a scientist and she was teasing him about this. And she said she would sleep up there to prove there was nothing to be afraid of. Mm -hmm. Of course, he thought she was nuts. <laughs> so, but he said, yeah, no, go, go ahead. So later in the day, she had to go to the can and he was off on the other side of the island. Uh, I don't know, counting buttons or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> these guys do. And um, the bathroom door was quite a light frame wooden thing. Right. You know, I, I presumably, when there's only one person on the island, it doesn't matter what kind of noises come out of there because right. no one cares, right? <laughs> Anyways. So it was a thin wooden door. So, and again, noise would pass through. So if anyone came up to the door, you would hear them. Yeah. And the door latched from the outside. It was, uh, and it was a kind of latch you had to pick up and hook, you know, sort of a hook and eye kind of setup. Yep. You know, after she had done what she had gone there to do, yep. she went to go open the door and it was latched. Oh, wow. And so... She was pretty freaked out. She was banging on the door, screaming, hollering. And the guy, he was gone doing whatever he was doing for the better part of an hour. Oh. Yeah, yeah. She was just stuck in there. He was, now she she was adamant that he wasn't close enough to lock the door while she was in there. And yeah. that she would have heard him if he'd tried. Yeah, of course. It was a, a light door. So, I mean, she was kind of left to wonder who locked her in. 
And she still she's, she's agnostic on the idea of ghosts, but she kind of felt that whatever locked the door didn't want her sleeping up in the tower. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Right? I'm, I'm thinking if something took the time to lock me in a bathroom, I'm probably going to not chase it down. So if I want to get rid of you, all I got to do is lock you in a bathroom, <laughs> take the car and go. Perfect. Yeah, I will not come back. Lock in the bathroom. <laughs> Thank you for that. No problem. So kind. So yeah, that story inspired me to find other haunted islands. Right. And I narrowed it down to the, to a few for the show. We're going to talk about Pavilion, the Venetian Lagoon. Yep. Docks off the coast of Dubrovnik, Croatia. Uh, and then Sable and Seguin Islands off the coast of Maine. The state of Maine, not Maine Island. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah. that's close to here, so that would have been cool. But okay. yeah, I mean, there's Darcy Island, which is right. near here, and I, I thought about it. It's the old leper colony, right? Yeah, yeah. It was uh, as we'll learn. It's a lazaretto. <laughs> You're so fancy with your uh, Italian now. No, I, I, I even got myself this cravat to tug on whenever I say <laughs> lazaretto. Anyways. First up is the big gun, Pavelia. Nice. Now, I'd never heard of this place, but apparently I'm in the minority. Yeah, completely. <laughs> yeah, well, one internet commenter uh, said to me, if you are into the paranormal and you've never heard of Pavelia, you've got your head in the sand. Wow. Yeah, he was very, very subtle about that. Now, you had heard of it, though, obviously, because you're making fun of me now. Well, totally. I read about it. And also the show Ghost Adventure, which I watched pretty religiously for a few years because it was so terrible, but oh. it's so fun. They did an episode on it a few years ago. I mean, I, I watched that episode in yeah. preparation for this. It's not great. No. A and as we learned, it's more or less completely inaccurate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so maybe what we'll do here is have you tell the people the story of Pavelli as it's known in paranormal circles, and then we'll ruin everyone's good time with facts. Sounds like a good plan. So Pavelia is a small island in the Venetian Lagoon. I assume you're referring to the actual city of Venice, uh, not the casino. <laughs> yes, yes. This is the legendary island that has sat in the city of Las Vegas as a casino since the fifth century. <laughs> Just shut up. <laughs> I'm educating here. Anyway. Harsh words. <laughs> According to pretty much every English language article about the Provelia hauntings you can find on the internet, the first people to live on the island arrived in the 5th century fleeing from a barbarian invasion. I love, oh, barbarian. I was thinking barbarian. I must be thinking about donuts, you know, with the cream. And I almost bought donuts today. I, you know, I can't eat them, but I thought, you know what? I'll bring you in some donuts. That's a good thing you didn't because I'm too fat already. <laughs> The first people to live on the island arrived in the 5th century fleeing from the barbarian invasion. When the Black Death began to sweep Europe like a hot new trend in the 15th century, Pavelia became, are you ready? A lazaretto. Ooh. Yeah. Hey. Hey. A leper that, colony. That's also a Jack White album. A lazaretto? Yeah. I, uh, he said, that's I, weird. Yeah, I know. I, I, I honestly did not know what the word was until I started researching the episode. And then you're like, why would he call his album after a leper <sighs> colony? He's a hipster pain in the ass. Oh, there you go. A leper colony where anyone who showed any signs of the plague would be held until their death. According to sources, it's believed almost 160,000 people died on this island, which seems excessive. That's that's a lot of people. <laughs> According to the Haunted Histories, in 1922, a hospital was built and Pavele became an insane asylum. The inmates, madmen sent from all over Italy, were held there in barbaric conditions, tormented by the doctors and the spirits of the dead. Of course, when they tried to tell their doctors about the spirits, it was written off as yet another symptom of insanity. Over the years, the head doctor performed hundreds of unnecessary brain surgeries on helpless patients. Well, you can't do it on ones that fight back, Jesus. <laughs> you got to strap them down. He believed that if he cut apart the brain just right, he could cure insanity. 
But then he started to hear the spirits too, day in and day out. The ghosts of Pavelia started to drive the poor doctor insane until finally in one last attempt to rid himself of their constant voices, he threw himself off the top of the hospital. To this day, so they say, I know you love that phrase, (laughs) Pavelia is said to be haunted by the thousands of the plague dead as well as those inmates who were tortured to death and by their torturer himself. Because the hundreds of thousands of plague victims were thrown into pits and burned, it's believed the ash from their bodies make up 50% of that island substrate. I mean, it's an incredible story. It is. Uh, it's a shame it's all bullshit. 100% grade A bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pro tip for those of you researching haunted sites, be deeply suspicious when a series of articles from different sites all repeat not only the same facts, but the same phrases. It's easy to cut and paste. Yeah, especially if in describing those facts, authors use nebulous language like many people say, yep. or describe events that sound suspiciously like past seasons of American Horror Story. I like that show. I, I, I like that season. The Asylum was a good season. Yeah. Everything else has been garbage. I couldn't even finish Hotel. Well, yeah, I get that. But have you watched Roanoke yet? I haven't yet, no. Okay, because it is kind of awesome. And I love the way they do the show within the show. And it's way better than Hotel. And I did not care for Freak Show either. No. I mean, it, it would struggle to be worse. Freak Show had a great premise, great set design. Agreed. Everything else sucked. Yeah. And, and the less said about Hotel, the better, except for the scene with Lady Gaga in the bathtub. Wait, Lady Gaga, really? Yeah. And she's not dressed like David Bowie's understudy. Yeah. She <laughs> She's Italian, too, so bonus points for that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Is Gaga Italian (laughs) in some way? I did not know that. Uh, Why would you know that? Let's not dwell on this. (laughs) She's Italian. Let's use that to segue back to Pavilion. All right. Which is also Italian. Yay. Broadcasting. Journalism. Buzzwords. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, we we noticed that all the spooky articles on Pavilion described it as being haunted, but there were no firsthand encounters apart from the television show set there. Um, so, I mean, I had looked through some Italian websites for accounts of haunting, and, and I actually found something else entirely. Which was? Uh, first off, according to Italian sources, Pavelli was populated in the 6th century, not the 5th. Okay. And the people were fleeing Lombard invasion, not barbarians. And I mean, I guess anyone's a barbarian, depending on the point of view. True. But uh, no, it was, and it was never a Lazaretto. Oh, wow. Never. At least not in the sense that the English sites describe. Right. A Lazaretto can either be a leper colony or a quarantine station okay. for uh, incoming ships. Yeah. Pavelli was the latter, but not until the 18th century. Okay. And it only ever held two ships whose crews were believed to be infected. Oh, that's lame. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Not exactly 160,000. No, well, that that Lazaretto uh, is is where as many as 500 people a day died, according oh, wow. to uh, the archaeologist Vincenzo Gobo. That was Lazaretto Vecchio, uh, and later at Lazaretto Nuevo. Right. And they're both in the Venetian Lagoon, too. But not the casino. Not the casino. <laughs> are there lepers in the casino now? Well, uh, social lepers. Sure. <laughs> If I'm going there, do I need to keep an eye out for lepers? You can't afford to go to the Venetian. Whoa! You're going to be at, what's the one where they have the Medieval Times restaurant? <laughs> that seems a little more your speed. Circus, circus. That, yeah, the shitty circus one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thanks I, I stay there every time I'm in the city. Do you? Yeah, yeah, I like it. Really? Yeah, it's cheap. Are Some, the rooms kind of gross though? Or? No, it was, it was always clean. I mean, they had a bed bug scare there years ago. <laughs> But Who hasn't? No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every time I've passed through, because for some reason I seem to find myself passing through Vegas at random intervals, I've stayed there for, I mean, 45, 55 a night. Wow. Yeah. I mean, And you're I, right on the strip still. So. You're right on the strip. I mean, I don't like the strip. Usually I take the car and you take sort of the back roads and get the hell out of there. But Nice. And I mean, it's, it's great because there's a very particular kind of 
patronage <laughs> attracted to Circus Circus. <laughs> it's not unlike uh, – Kind of a middle America trailer park kind of vibe. They actually have a trailer park on site. Nice. They have an RV park. Of course they do. <laughs> yeah. I can take my MyPod there. Oh. <laughs> Getting back to Pavelia. <clears throat> Sorry. It was also never an insane asylum. Oh, wow. That was San Servolo. That was another Venetian island. Huh. Uh, there was a hospital on Pavelia, but it was a home for old folks. Right. And, I mean, there were psychiatric facilities because that's part of a, the aging process, unfortunately. Yeah. But it was never an insane asylum. And if there was a mad doctor, which is, again, unlikely, he did not commit suicide. At least not in the manner described in the legend. So basically they took all the histories of all the islands and kind of mashed them into one to make a better story. Yeah, pretty much. Because it had a watchtower so it looked cool or? Who knows why? Maybe it's the easiest one to get to or I don't know. But, uh, you know, and I'm sure there's someone out there furiously Googling in an effort to prove us wrong. Uh, <laughs> They'll find the same article. Well, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> this all come, came from a pretty respected Venice historian named David Bassano. Uh, I mean, you can find his blog online at veneziacriminale.wordpress.com. It's, it's, of course, in Italian, so you're either going to have to bone up on uh, on your WAP or uh, <laughs> use Google Translate like I did. Yeah, that's what I would do. Uh, there are also English language sources for some of this information, but you have to wade through so many bullshit cookie-cutter articles about the haunted island of Pavelia to find them. Right. And there's even kind of this weird mixing of fact and nonsense on sites which are meant to be legitimate. Right. Uh, some of the... Articles about Pavelia have a photograph of skeletons in a mass grave, which people say, oh, yeah, that's that's Pavelia. But that photo is from a 2007 National Geographic article about an excavation on Lazaretto Vecchio. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And it turned up 1,500 bodies of plague victims. Whoa. Uh, and I mean, according to the people quoted in that article, which I'll try to remember to link in the show notes, they estimate there are thousands more still buried there. Oh, wow. So did anybody, like nobody died in Pavelia? Oh, people died there. The island was fairly heavily populated until it was attacked during the War of Chiogia, which I'm probably mispronouncing, <laughs> uh, in the 14th century. It, it may even be haunted, but the popular narrative about Pavelia is totally bogus. So I guess we're back to the Camorra being the most frightening <laughs> thing about Italy? Yeah, that and the racial tension. <laughs> Actually, I just remembered, I, I do know another ghost story from an Italian island. Really? Yeah. Uh, I heard this years ago from a woman who works at my gym or the, the gym I used to go to. She was backpacking with a friend and they were staying at a hostel in one of Italy's many islands. Mm -hmm. I don't remember which. Uh, But in the middle of the night, they were both woken up from sleep by a feeling of incredible presence in the room. They both described feeling as though they were being held down. Oh, yikes. Yeah. Eventually it passed, but they both experienced it and they had no rational explanation. So like a shared sleep paralysis or something? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wonder what that was. No, not a clue. She didn't have one either. And I mean, from the way she told it, you could tell it didn't sit well with her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I get that. I'm still kind of bummed out about the Pavelia stuff not being true. I mean, it is such a great story. <laughs> so many elements. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's still a good story as it stands. And it, it's a fascinating example of modern myth making, which we'll talk a little bit more later. Uh, but yeah, I feel like a bit of a killjoy. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we get back from the break, I'm going to rain on the parade of another haunted island. Uh, this one off the coast of Croatia. You're a dream killer. We'll be right back.
Welcome back. We've been talking about haunted islands, or at least islands generally believed to be haunted. Mm-hmm. And next up on that list is Daksa, off the coast of Dubrovnik, Croatia. I have never heard of this one. Pavelia, I know, but not Daksa. I hadn't heard of it either. Uh, to be honest, I know very little about Croatia. I mean, once I met a very annoying Croatian man, <laughs> and that's the extent of my involvement with the Croatian people and culture. And we used to go see punk shows at the Croatian Cultural Center in Vancouver. Oh, yeah, that sums it up. Why was this, why was he annoying? The Croatian guy? Yeah. Um, I met him in Casablanca at a hostel in the Medina, and we'd gotten sick in Marrakesh. We just were not all that keen on exploring once we got to to uh, Casablanca. Right. Um, and my cousin and I, we'd never been to a place as poor as Morocco, mm. so the culture shock was kicking our ass too. Yeah. And we'd already been at the end of our rope as far as people asking us for money. Right. And then we got robbed twice. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Why would you even go back? Oh, I did. No, okay. No, no, go. no. I've never been back to Morocco. Uh, but uh, we ended up in Casablanca after being chased out of Rabat by riots. And <laughs> this is what happens when I go. sounds like an awesome trip. Yeah, I take great vacation. <laughs> uh, so we were in what you might call low spirits. Yes. Uh, so there's this tall, square-jawed Croatian guy just bounced into the room with his backpack and started expounding on how easy it was to explore the countryside and how great the people were. Uh, he then stowed his stuff, bounded, literally bounded to his feet like a goddamn cartoon character, <laughs> and then said, I'm off to meet the town, and strutted out the door like an asshole. <laughs> so you resented because he was handsome and having a good time? That's exactly why I resented him. He was having a good time. The locals left him alone because he wasn't a fat, soft Westerner. <laughs> and yeah, he was a lot better looking than me, so uh him. <laughs> It seems a little harsh. No, no. I, like I said, I felt that was wholly deserved, um, particularly given the time. Because you, you see two people who sit there looking miserable as yeah. they get out. Yeah. Like they've been beaten with God. <laughs> Maybe don't tell them how great your day is going. Uh, I guess. Maybe Croatians aren't known for their sensitivity. But honestly, how would we know? Well, that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I know nothing about Eastern Europe. It's literally, uh, there could be a dragon. So, I, I mean, the story isn't at all relevant to this, but since this is going to be particularly depressing. I thought we should start off lighthearted. I like it. Yeah. So Daxa is one of the Elephite Islands, uh, technically belonging to Croatia, but it's privately owned right now. Right. It's about 1.5 nautical miles across the Adriatic Sea from Dubrovnik. Uh, there are no ferries there. So if you want to go, you have to find a willing captain who will for a few shekels or whatever Croatia has for money. It's called Kuna. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> find a willing captain, slip him a few pumas. <laughs> Kuna. <laughs> You can explore the island on your own. Uh, but even if you do find someone to take you out there, you don't expect them to stay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Darman Richter, he writes the Bohemian blog. Right. He right. went out to Doxa last year and the captain refused to even tie up at the island, let alone set foot on it. Oh. Yeah. He set a return time and then just left Richter to his devices. Uh, but why wouldn't the captain hang out? Like, is it haunted? Uh, I think it's haunted, but not by ghosts. I think it's haunted by history. Uh, Doxa was a site of a particularly gruesome incident that I think Croatia is trying to forget. Oh, how so? Well, so in 1941, uh, this is a bit of a history lesson. In 1941, Croatia- We're learning. We're learning today. That's right. <laughs> it's the reading rainbow. Uh, Croatia was still part of Yugoslavia when it was re- invaded by the Axis. Right. So they set up a puppet government aided by what was called the Ustasha, a kind of revolutionary group who was in the essentially the business of killing dissidents and everyone else. Estimates vary as to how many Serbs, Jews, Gypsies, and non-fascist Croatians the Ustasha had put to death, but they know so it's somewhere between 350 and 500,000. That's a lot. It's it's horrendous. It, it's, wow. it's an atrocity that is not talked about a lot when people talk about World War II. Right, right. But when the fascists were finally pushed out of Croatia in 1944, the socialist partisans uh, who'd helped remove them decided they were going to even the scales a bit 
and executed thousands of Ustasha and suspected sympathizers. Oh. Yeah. How does Daxa play into that? On October 24th, 1944, the socialists went around Dubrovnik and rounded up everyone they either knew or suspected to be Ustasha members or sympathizers. Right. Uh, 53 of them in total, including the mayor and several priests. They oh. put them on a boat to Daxa. Uh, once they were on the island, all 53 were summarily executed without trial. Wow. And their bodies were quite literally left where they fell. The families of the dead were threatened with a death sentence should they themselves try to recover the bodies. Yeah. After that, Doxa became radioactive. I mean, figuratively speaking. Right, right, right. Um, virtually no one would go there. And it wasn't until 2009 that the bodies of the dead were recovered. Wow. Yeah. And of the 53 killed, uh, 35 have never been identified. That's yeah. really awful. And and I mean, uh, what the fascists did was horrible too, but one atrocity doesn't excuse another. I mean, you said they rounded up anyone suspected of being a fascist or fascist sympathizer, and they just killed them out of trial. So you're going to get a couple innocent people in there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Wow. Um, it kind of reminds me of Afghanistan after 9-11. Right. The U.S. was sending all suspected Taliban to Guantanamo Bay, yeah. and Afghans were using this as a way to settle old debts or grudges. Someone pissed you off, tell the Americans you're pretty sure he's Taliban, and all of a sudden he's rendition far, far away. Yeah. Uh, someone got a better farm than you, same deal. Well, and that also happened in the run-up to the Japanese internment during the Second World War, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the proving people have always been shitty, <laughs> or at least some of them. <laughs> Anyways, the story goes that the spirits of the dead roam docks at night looking for revenge, but again, I couldn't find a single story of actual haunting. Hmm. Uh, but I did find a great theory, and, and it kind of ties into something we've touched on already. Oh, yeah. Which is um, Darman Richter, uh, the Bohemian blogger, right. after he yeah. went to Doxa, he went out there. And, of course, the island's really small. It's about 1,600 feet long by about 650 feet wide. Right. Uh, and, again, the captain wouldn't tie up to the island, and he just left them there with, and promising to come back in a few hours. It <laughs> seems very trusting. I don't think I'd be okay with some... Crooked sea captain dumping me <laughs> on an island and, hey, yeah, I'll come back for you. No worries. Not with you, but uh, Richter is either braver or stupider than us. Or a little bit of both. Uh, probably a little <laughs> bit of both. So they explored the island for a few hours and he describes a, a holy, wild, foreboding place uh, full of stone ruins, overgrown by cypress, orange, and lemon trees. Uh, the only signs of the modern world were these red LED lanterns and a bench of the memorial garden. Oh, sounds, it sounds creepy. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. I mean, and mass graves are going to be creepy. That's mm -hmm. just a given. Yeah. Uh, but basically, he says it feels heavy, which is no surprise given the history. But for all its baggage, it's it's still a beautiful place. Right. And he, he has this theory, which I which I said, he thinks that Doxa has grown such a fearsome legend around it because of what it says about the past. Oh, because the socialists were supposed to be the good guys. Exactly. Uh, the Yugoslavian partisans were the heroes who helped save the country from fascist rule. They went, they, they went around executing people, possibly innocent ones, some mm -hmm. of them, without a trial it doesn't fit the narrative. No. So the island becomes, so say, haunted as a way to mask the real story. Basically, mythology is used to control the historical narrative. Right. The crime on its own is simply a black mark of the history books. Graft on a supernatural element and the whole thing takes on a kind of unreality. Well, yeah. And I mean, we've talked about that off air, how some facets of the paranormal ghost stories in particular represent kind of a modern myth. And, and what were those islands with the haunted pianos, the ones we were talking about at lunch? <laughs> Sable and Seguin Islands, which earlier I said were off the coast of Maine, but technically Sable is part of Nova Scotia. Oh, okay. Uh, but I found them in a book about haunted U.S. islands, so I'm just going to say they're off Maine. Oh, I'm sure Nova Scotia won't mind. <laughs> no, no, no. Close enough The anyway. two people in Nova Scotia don't <laughs> listen to this show. <laughs> so both Sable and Seguin Islands are very East Coast small islands with lighthouses on them, and both have stories about ghostly pianos being heard. But, of course, there are no pianos for miles around. Seguin has a whole story to explain it. 
Supposedly, a lighthouse keeper brought a piano to the island to help keep his wife occupied. She only knew one song and refused to stop playing it. According to the story, he used an axe to put an end to both her and the piano and then himself. Now, that seems like an achievement, killing yourself with an axe. Like, you get one shot at this. Yeah, you don't want to miss that. I mean, it's a little over the top. So the story is there, but a quick Google knocks it out of the box pretty quick. The state has a comprehensive list of all the lighthouse keepers on Seguin, and not one of them went Lizzie Borden <laughs> on a piano or, of or, any, or anybody else, um, at least not while they were keeping the light. Now, in your book, there's a story about a ghostly piano? Uh, there is, yeah. Some people I know were camping in a particularly remote part of the Arrow Lakes uh, when their dogs went crazy. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Right, yeah, Barking in the Darkness. Once I read the book. Yeah, yeah, I know, which, which you did, and I, I read yours, and, <laughs> and let's move on. Shortly after that, they heard a few faint notes from a piano, and that was it. So it kind of makes you wonder, you know, if that sound, the piano sound, was something else entirely, either some supernatural thing or a totally natural thing. And again, the mythology has grown up around it. I actually had a weird experience like that. Really? Yeah. I was uh, fishing off the West Coast, and um, as we were, I hadn't been before, and as we were heading out into the harbor, you kind of go up a river and then into a bay and then into this harbor and then out to sea. And as we were going, we were quite close to the shore, and I kept hearing kind of a like a singing sound, like it sounded like First Nations um, singing. And I, I couldn't figure out what it was. It was a wailing. It was quite haunting. And you're going out very, very early in the morning, so it's it's a little bit dark still and kind of misty, and there's this whole West Coast supernatural thing going on. Very atmospheric. Very yeah. atmospheric. And it wasn't until we'd gone quite a ways, I moved on the boat, and I'm sitting by the wire rigging. He has got some long you know, wires that go down. And uh, that's when I realized it was the water playing over the rigging that was making this, this oh, sound. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was, it was kind of creepy and freaky and weird. So you thought it was something supernatural? Well, yeah. I, I kind of thought it was something. I wasn't going to jump to, ooh, there's a ghost in the boat. Of course, um, yeah. But it was, I couldn't figure out what it was. And it was really musical. It wasn't just one sound changing it right changed pitches and notes and everything else so oh okay yeah it, it was a bit uh it was a bit creepy so you think the piano sounds on sable and seguin might be something like that some kind of natural thing people are, in, are interpreting as piano yeah i mean who knows right it could be rock sitting a certain thing or I, I don't know and and the other possibility is sound travels so well across water right uh, like, that's true yeah, yeah so yeah, so well so it wouldn't surprise me if i don't know something else was going on I mean, since we've been sucking the mystery out of things today, I should re- <laughs> reluctantly agree. Uh, though at least part of me wonders if it's the sound of like shadow men tiptoeing along the invisible strings which connect our world to theirs. Jesus, that's a thought I could have done without. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I kind of wish I could unhave it. We'll leave it there. <laughs> well, before we do, I have a question. Sure. Why didn't we do that creepy doll island in Mexico City? Isla de la Munecas. Sure, that's I, uh, the one. I knew you'd ask, and so I looked it up. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, the pronunciation specifically. Wow. Mm. I couldn't have told you. Research. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Google, enter. Nice. So it's still research. <laughs> Arose by any other name. So anyway, why didn't we do the creepy uh, doll island? Uh, for a few reasons. Uh, the first being that it was the first island that came to my mind when I thought of haunted islands. Right. And I figured it would be the first one to occur to everyone else as well. Okay. Uh, the second is that I don't know that it's haunted really the way people say. Well, we came to the same conclusion about the islands we have covered. Uh, true, but I didn't already know those stories. I know the story about the Doll Island, and I think it's more of a case of people looking at something creepy 
yeah. and assuming it automatically has to be haunted rather than being concrete evidence yeah, of haunting. Right. Now, bear in mind, I haven't read everything on the subject, so I could be wrong, but that, that's my read. And there's a big difference between something being creepy and something being haunted. Big difference. Like Crispin Glover, the guy who played Willard, he's creepy, but he's not haunted. I'm haunting, <laughs> yes. I mean, in American Gods, he was genuinely unsettling, but he's not haunted. Like Kenny Rogers' face look. He looks like a burn victim. <laughs> That's true. And, yep. and it's creepy and haunting, but not with ghosts. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah no, that's, that's exactly right. And we'll be talking about this difference more in the next episode, I think, when we talk about the Annabelle haunting. Uh, we'll, and we'll also have our fill of creepy dolls. I won't say I'm looking forward to it, but it should be interesting at least. Well, let's hope. All right, folks, uh, that's going to do it for us this episode. And uh, if you want to know more about the history of Pavelia, check out David Bassano's blog, which I will link in the show notes. And if you want more about Doxa, including some excellent photos, check out the Bohemian blog, which I will also link. Cool. Uh, is there anything you wanted to plug? Not really. I mean, I've got Ghostly Walks, still doing those two nights a week till the end of summer. And of course, my book, Victoria's <laughs> Most Haunted, is selling well, and it's available wherever fine books are sold. If you're planning to visit Victoria and you want to know which nights Ian is leading the walks, feel free to email at ghoststoryguys at gmail.com. Uh, the same goes for any stories you want to share. We would love to hear them. We're still looking for those dream stories. Yes, absolutely. How about you? Do you have anything to plug? Uh, not really, no. I, I have those upcoming radio spots, but they're still too far out to bother with. Right. Uh, I do want to take a minute and mention something, though. Mm. Um, on Friday, July 21st, uh, you and I talked about this. Yeah. Dave Rooney, the editor of the Revelstoke Current, and a friend of mine passed away suddenly at home. Mm. Uh, Dave was a cool guy. He was talented, a very, very talented guy. Before coming to Revelstoke in 2000, he taught journalism in Calgary, and he was very much the hard-ass journalist who speaks his mind stereotype. Right. Uh, you, you know, you see in movies and on TV. And, and he was a big supporter of my book. Back in 2013, he ran the stories... Um, or my, he ran my first set of stories, which kind of got the ball rolling, you know, it attracted to the CBC, cool. got me on points West. Nice. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was, it was huge. And uh, we kept in touch via email. We would get coffee together when we had the chance. Uh, so in fact, we had coffee about three weeks before he died. And when we talked about serial killers, right. I told him about the smiley face killings. He told me about El Monstro de los Mangones. <laughs> uh, it's a serial killer who operated in Colombia when he was a kid. Yikes. Yeah, yeah. He was just that kind of guy, you know, a lot of different, uh, a lot of different knowledge. Yeah. But uh, he was a good dude. And without his encouragement, I might not have taken my book to the next level and ended up here. So I wanted to remember him on the show. Here's to you, man. He sounds like he was a pretty special person. He was. He was connected to a lot of people in Revelstoke, and his passing has left a, a pretty big hole in the community. Anyways, let's get going so we can get you to work. Woo-hoo. Yeah, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher, and of course, share us across your many social media platforms. We've had a big bump in numbers recently, and we would love to keep that going. That would be great. We're also available now on TuneIn and Google Play, so if your friends refuse to use Apple products, you can always <laughs> send them there. Uh, thanks, as always, to Pizanta Music for our theme song. You mm-hmm. can find him on SoundCloud at Pizanta Music. And uh, he'll be linked in the show notes, too. That one I will remember to do. Yes. I'll remember to do all of them, I swear. Uh, sure. Yes. It could happen. All right. That's going to do it for tonight, <laughs> folks. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks' time. Until then, back into the darkness we go. Welcome back to the ghost story. <laughs> oh, God. Ah, ah. This is why you shouldn't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of reasons I shouldn't look at you. That's, this is the least of my concerns. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I had two titles to this episode that I couldn't use. Uh, one was, it's a me, Povelia. <laughs> and the other one was, are you there, God? It's me, Povelia. Oh, my God. But... Uh,
then when everything sucked and it turned out that none of them were haunted, yeah. I thought, well, the island of Dr. Killjoy. I like that. Oh, get to the point, Gibbs. <laughs> Sorry. I had the same problem when I wrote sermons. They were over in like eight minutes. I'm nervous. Yeah. It's never happened to me before. <laughs> Can I keep? I don't know if I should keep any of this. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> when we come back, we'll be talking about the infamous Italian island of Provelia. Pove- so, oh, no. so stick around. There's no R in there. There's no. You said oh, Provelia. There's no, there's no R anywhere near in I there. I was thinking provolone. I, <sighs> that's Italian cheese. That's I close. know. That's, that's a, close. Prosciutto's Italian ham. It's hey, stuck. there's another one. <laughs> Just read the, do the whole line again. No. Jesus, what the f- is that from? <laughs> Probably another episode. No, it mentions Pavilia. Um, I should have numbered these. Oh, no, no, I see. Maybe numbering the pages is a snazzy idea. I did just say that. Did see. I tell you Jason thought we were the same age? I'm sorry? He thought you and I were the same age. I quit the show. <laughs> He's like, he's like, what? I'm like, well, Brennan's like 34, 35. And he's like, he's younger than me. <laughs> and I'm like, how old did you think he was? And he goes, oh, I thought you guys were the same age. Oh, oh. I'm like, oh. No, Brennan is a mere child. Oh, God. I know, I'm sorry. I get that all the time. People think I'm retired. So <laughs> what are you going to do? That makes me worse. That makes me feel worse. That doesn't improve things. They think you're the same age as me. People think I'm retired. <laughs> well, not. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. 